Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to this Quotable Monday. If you're not familiar with it, each and every Monday, I feature a quote that's been meaningful to me or that is meaningful out in the marketplace, and I make an attempt to share the quote with you and then dive deeper about my perspective around the quote. And my intention is that you get some value out of the added perspective on the quote or even to dive deeper on the subject. And so I just recently heard this quote, and I'm not necessarily a fan of it, though. But it was originally said by Jim Rohn, one of the big names in personal development. And Jim said that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And over the years, different people have taken this quote that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with to make it mean that you need to up-level your friend list, dude, or you need to spend time with different people. And sometimes they say this in multi-level marketing in order for you to, you know, when you start peddling a product or selling a product, peddling sounds kind of judgmental, doesn't it? When you begin selling a product and you start approaching all your friends, They tell you this quote to kind of set it up that your friends aren't going to understand this. They're not going to be in the same conversation or wealth building conversation that you are in to set you apart or set you against uh, receiving any criticism, any feedback from your friends and family. I've not liked that. But while I don't like it, there is an element of truth to it. And we're going to dive deeper on this. Now, to get a little insight into my mind, this is how I work, how I question things. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. First and foremost, I say, why? Why is that true? And what does it mean average? By what qualitative, quantitative data are you assessing this average to? And then why is it five? Could it be one? Could it be three? Is five a magic number? How about if there's eight? What does that mean? Does that change the equation at all? Many people over the years have equated it to income. So you can't necessarily take financial advice from people that are making more than $50,000 or more than $100,000 a year if you want to make million-dollar investments. If you are starting a business, if you're developing a business, don't take advice from people that aren't in business. Now, I see the damage to this is that some people, I've seen some people actually leave their friends behind, people that are meaningful to them, only because they recognize that their friends or their loved ones are in a different place than they are. And from my perspective over the years, that could equate to spiritual egotism or just egotism in general, making yourself one better or above and putting the people around you down at a lower level. And when we do that, sometimes we put ourselves or position ourselves as being special. More important, bigger dreams, we have a bigger goal. Or we're just more spiritually evolved than they are. We're more aware, they're asleep. Now, I don't know if you can hear the disdain in my voice, or how I'm being patronizing when I say that. 
but I'm attempting to paint some gray areas. This is not a black and white statement. So again, how are we quantifying this? What does it mean to be the average of? I don't think this quote bears the scrutiny of being really specific. It's meant to be, in general, to deliver the spirit of the law rather than to be the letter of the law. And the spirit of the law is to pay attention to the types of people you hang around with. What are the conversations that you're having? But that quote doesn't say any of that. And as far as I know, Jim Rohn doesn't go into detail when he spits that out. Now, one of the things that I heard from my basketball coach is you can't fly with the eagles in the morning if you hang out with the turkeys at night. You can't fly with the eagles in the morning. can't soar with the eagles in the morning if you hang out with the turkeys at night. And that's, you know, the spirit of that was don't go out and party. You know, you go to bed early so you can get up early and maintain your championship attitude. And if you listen to Ben Franklin... Turkeys are a noble animal. They should have been, according to Ben Franklin, they should have been the national mascot for the United States, not the eagle. But you get the spirit of the quote, do you not? And so could we, if we wanted to get more specific about this quote, actually have a philosophy or some framework around where would this quote or how would this quote be applied to our life? Now, from the perspective of a coach When I first started out, everyone was my customer. Everyone was a potential client. But over the years, I've realized it has been more productive for me to be more specific and more selective in the people that I serve. But a different way, I'm not going to care more about it than you. If you come to me committed, then you have all of me. I'm your champion. But if you come to me waffling and one foot in, one foot out, you're not going to see me be 100% committed. I used to be more committed than the people that were showing up. I used to have to convince them to transform or to change. And oftentimes I would give them advice, give them a perspective or strategy, which they would not implement. And nothing can feel more like a waste of time than to give someone advice, give someone the goal that you have to offer, and them not use it, them not spend it. And so today, one of the gates that I use is that you need to be committed. And I've decided to charge more money over the years because people, because the people that invest in themselves are more committed over time than if I was to give something away. I used to give stuff away to my friends and family and to people that were down and out. And invariably, they never used it. They would never show up. They'd show up late. I can count on one hand. The number of people that actually have utilized my material for free that I have charged other people for, and they've implemented in their life, they transformed their life. Now we're talking 30 years. And I used, if you are my friend, if I knew you, you were in, but now I have my friends and family rate. But if I was to sum that up, what is the level of the commitment that the other person is bringing to the friendship, the relationship, the exchange? What's the level of commitment? What Do they have skin in the game? Is it transactional to them or is it transformational for them? See, some people are transactional, that they only contact you, they only want something from you because you can give something to them. If you're down and out, if you have troubles, they're nowhere to be found. And that's where the term fair weather friend come from.
And so in the context of the people you spend time with, what is their commitment to you? What's their attraction? What's How are they showing up for you? To me, it needs to be an even exchange. I want to have the the wanting and the willingness to do something for them. It just is naturally part of me. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I coach in general. I've had conversations with people that have paid me nothing that have transformed their life only because it was a moment of opportunity, an opportunity for them, an opportunity for me to transform their life when they didn't have the resources. But I don't do that for everyone. It depends on how they're showing up. They can't necessarily show up needy. Put another way, they can show up in need, but they don't necessarily have to use me in order to get their need fulfilled. I just happen to be available, and I'm more than willing in that environment, in that moment, to be the one that delivers. Hopefully that translates. It sounded a little convoluted to me because I was recalling a, a couple of experiences in my head as I explained it. But, okay, let me put it another way. Here's another quote. This is from a movie, actually, from Staying Alive. And uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote this. He, he, he wasn't in the movie, but he wrote this line. Everybody uses everybody. And I thought about this for a long time. Everybody uses everybody. And that's true. Everybody uses everybody. It's, but some needs and wants are for selfish reasons, not because it expands possibility, not because it expands the relationship. And let me go back to the beginning. When I was considering this quote, you know, the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I've had friends for 20, 30 years, and I'm still in contact with them, not necessarily all the time, but I will go and hang out with them. I have not left them behind. We're at different positions, different stages of our life, different philosophies, different religions even. Yet I don't judge where they are. I judge our interaction. And this is one of my qualifying, I I guess, criteria on whether or not someone's in my life. Do I feel uplifted in their presence? Do they add more to the conversation? Do they expand possibility? Do they challenge me, make me think, or do they suck my energy? Do they tend to complain? Are they contracting the energy? See, it's all about energy for me. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care how much money they bring in or how successful they are. That may lead to an expanded conversation, to be sure. But most of my friends, the people that love me, know that if you complain in my presence, I'm going to get to a point and ask you, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change it? How long are you going to live with it? Or why are you continuing to live with it? So this complaining aspect is part of the five people or the people that you want around you. You want to make sure that they're expanding possibility. They're feeding you energy. It's an energetic exchange. No one is walking away depleted. But this leads me to the next set of criteria for the people you want in your life. Do they keep score? Better not. Better not keep score. 
because it's never, ever going to be even. It's never, ever going to be fair. Sometimes you're going to give more than the other person can give. Sometimes you're going to be on the receiving end. You're going to be empty and the other person is going to be more than willing to feed you, to support you, to nurture you. At the heart of this idea is that it will all work out in the end. There's no need to keep score. To keep score is just petty. In the end, it'll even out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I have definitely had my share of fair weather friends, meaning that when they need something, they're at the ready. When they want to hang out with me, or you know, it's they get the they're in my energy. They're more than willing to be a participant. But if I'm in need, if I need support, if I need assistance, there's a ton of excuses. They're they're nowhere to be found. And in that regard, I guess you could say, do they walk their talk? Do they have a sense of integrity? Do they keep their word? Do they keep their promises? Now, I didn't specifically say this, but I did talk about expanding possibility. So I think this is what Jim Rohn was talking about when he says you're the average of the five people you tend to hang out with. What kinds of conversations are you having If you're in business and other people are up to business and actually moving things in the world, getting things done, involved in projects, and they're not laying on the couch all day, they're not finding excuses not to get things done, those are the people you want to hang around. Those are the people that are going to support you. Those are the people that are going to inspire you. Now, what's interesting, though, in this day and age, you know, Jim Rohn was, he died in 2009. So a lot of his speeches took place in uh, the seventies and eighties. This was before the internet. This was before YouTube. See, today you have access to expertise. You have ex, you know, access to billionaires, millionaires, people that are doing things in the world, people that are saving the world, changing the world, transforming so you can you can actually expose yourself to a lot of conversations that you would hey listen to podcasts right i just just hit me there's podcasts out there people that are exposing wisdom tune into one of those you see you can have access to expertise today that you did not could not have access to just 5 years ago 10 years ago and the audience, the the material, the contents expanding at an exponential rate. You can find out almost anything in a matter of hours. It probably would have took you at least a week, maybe a month, maybe a year to glean out in the normal world, out in the realm of books, if you just had access to books. And so these conversations, these other minds, you can access And this is part of your average. If you start hanging out with millionaires and billionaires and and world-class coaches and other people that are leaders in the world, people that are moving stuff, doing stuff, when you can steal some of their thoughts, implement some of their ideas, adopt some of their strategies, then you are expanding yourself. You are becoming better, becoming the best you can be in many cases. And so it just doesn't have to be the people you hang out with. And I love that about this world. In fact, my mind has been growing exponentially over the last you know, decade, easily because of my access to a greater array of expertise, a greater array of minds, thoughts, ideas, mindsets, paradigms, frameworks, 
All that stuff has been expanding my mind and you get the benefit of it. My clients get the benefit of it. One of my fundamental precepts, or is that is that a word? Is that the right word? Anyways, my fundamental ideas is that I've realized that a lot of the stuff that I teach, a lot of the ideas that I've been exposed to have been around for hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years. But why does it seem like the majority of people are continually attempting to reinvent the wheel? Why isn't this material out there? And it's it's being more so. You know, YouTube has has done a lot for that material that I've done, podcasts for that. It's making stuff available in a way, but I think it needs to be taught on a more fundamental level, how how to move through emotions, how to motivate yourself, how to use your mind, how to master your mind, how to get shit done, the stuff that you want done in your life. How do you move forward in your life? Memorizing facts, the majority of the stuff they teach in schools, a lot of people are becoming aware of that. It just isn't important. It's not important, not that important, but it is saved knowledge. You know, knowledge stacks on top of knowledge. And so to a certain degree, it's important. But for the most part, much of what I learned is not essential. The stuff I learned in school, uh, organized education. But one of my motives, one of my missions is to make this information available to the common person so you don't have to spend years in misery. And that's, for the most part, a lot of what I teach, accessing the mind, accessing your emotions, being able to master your emotions in your mind, your other than conscious mind. You're just happier. You're just a more solid individual. The people you interact with are more loving because you're more loving. And when you have an abundance of happiness and love inside you, you want to give it away. You want to share it. It's almost like you cannot contain it. You want to spread it around. And if I touch enough people like that, it's going to change the world. There's going to be a cascade effect, a a ripple effect across the world. And I'm not the only one. But again, you know, this is where you have access to expertise. You have access to ideas that you did not have access to before. And so identify five to ten teachers, people out in the marketplace, in the world that you identify with, that you respect, that you want to emulate their ideas and their strategies. And then go about and systematically identify what are their values, what's most important to them, what's their methodology, what's their philosophy, what paradigm do they view the world in. You can replicate, take take the best and leave the rest. And you can create a philosophy, a format for yourself that's independent of all these other people. You just take the best and you put it together in a unique way. It's a unique expression for you. Just for an example, I know that I have more than a couple people out there that are real estate agents. And so if you want to become an expert on listing, there's probably a dozen videos on YouTube that you can watch and you can infinitely increase your ability to list properties. You can do a Google search or even chat GPT. What are the top five resources for listing in real estate to learn listing? Now, if you're not involved in real estate, to obtain a listing, you find someone that wants to sell their house, that wants to list their house. And if you're the person that lists the house, then you get a percentage of the overall deal. And then typically part of that listing is that you then market the house. You attract sellers. You will contact other salespeople and say, hey, look at my listing. 
But in order to get those listings, there's a process, there's trust involved, there's credibility, there's outreach, marketing, people have to know who you are, they have to know that you're going to serve them. And so there's a whole list of criteria. And if you don't have the faintest idea what it takes to list a property, the expertise is out there. You can invest, you know, 20 hours this weekend, and you can master it, you can be far so you can be so far ahead of the field in just 20 hours, it will stagger the mind. This is the people you want to surround you with, the minds that you want to surround yourself with. And if it's not real estate, pick any topic out there. Pick any subject. Find out who wrote the books. Find out what podcast they've been on. Find out what YouTube interviews they've been on. What The content's out there. Okay, so, so far, I've talked about the types of people you want to hang around with. Who do you want to drop? Who do you need to leave behind? These are the people that take from you, take your energy, that don't add anything to your life. Every time you hang out with them, you feel worse for wear. They do nothing but complain. They do nothing but gossip. They don't add anything to the mix. They present more problems than solutions. Now, I say this with the greatest amount of love, too. I've had friends that have been down and out, that they took a lot from me at different stages. They don't take anymore. They needed a hand up. They were at a place in their life where at some point they needed a hand up. They needed someone to help them up, to tell them that they could do it on their own. There's more out there. Feed them a meal give them a place to stay. One of the things you want to be aware of, are they interested in standing on their own two feet, at least at some point? It shouldn't be a career. It shouldn't be a lifelong quest for you to assist somebody else. At some point, they should and could stand on their own two feet. Now, typically somewhere in this conversation, people ask me about family, family that takes and takes, family that is narcissistic in nature or insecure. So there's a lot of control dynamics going on. And this is where I can't really give any advice. But if you're in an environment where people are taking and taking and taking from you and you always end up getting hurt in the exchange, then I would distance myself from them. You don't necessarily have to turn your back on them, but you definitely need to set some boundaries. Your boundaries are for you. They're not for them. It's for you to decide what you will tolerate and what you will not. And this goes the same for your friends and your circle of influence. You need to have some boundaries there. You need to know where you and and the other people begin. What's permissible? What's acceptable? Because in the realm of takers, if you don't have a shutoff valve, the other people will continue to take and take and take as long as you will give. And if you don't know where enough is enough, then you will continue to give until you're empty. And more often than not, they will cast you aside. So if I was to sum this up, you're not necessarily concerned with their Instagram following, the size of their business, what their income statement is. You're interested in their mind. What kind of conversations are they involved in? Does it expand the possibility for you? Does it expand who you are? Are you able to contribute? And so if I was to leave you with a more accurate quote, I need to go back 
over 2,000 years to Epictetus, the Stoic philosopher. And he said this, Surround yourself with people who uplift you. These people will inspire you to be the best that you can be. I think that sums it up. Surround yourself with people that uplift you and inspire you to be the best that you can be. I just had a thought, and I'm going to apply this to myself. I know there's always a reason why different topics come up, and this is something that I need to address myself in a new way. As I said in a couple episodes ago, I'm in this whole conversation of reinvention, applying what I know, walking my talk, the aligned self, reinventing or recreating our self-concept. And so I'm going to look in the next episode on how to creatively, reinventively expand your circle of influence in a way where they lead you to something new, lead you to an expanded version of yourself. Look for that in the very next episode. I guess I'll call it expanding your circle of influence. So that's it for this Quotable Monday. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>